to the Voice of HK podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Bajik-Smith, and in over a decade, I have supported hundreds of older adults to improve their well-being in late life. This podcast offers an authentic insight into aged care, practical tips, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I truly believe that every older person needs to feel heard, loved, and understood. And it is my mission to halve the depression rates in Australian aged care facilities by 2022. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to bring to you a special guest today. Her name is Liz Craft, and she is a qualified yoga teacher. I've been wanting to interview Liz for quite a long time, and in particular to discuss the benefits of relaxation and how we can incorporate it into everyday lives. I've had the privilege of attending Liz's classes on the North Shore in Sydney for quite a long time before I moved to other area of Sydney, but I always was so inspired by the way that she was teaching us the importance of breath and how to practice it in a daily basis. So welcome, Liz. Thank you for having me. Now, Liz, I know a lot about you and what you do and the amazing work that you've done over the years because you qualified as a yoga teacher back in 2003. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to do what you do? Sure. Well, um, Julie, I began my yoga inquiry personally in my early 20s and a little bit at, at high school just for a bit of fun. But when I started working in the hospitality industry, I needed to find something that would take me out of that kind of hectic, fast-paced environment and during breaks, um, we used to do split shifts in those days. So for a few hours in the, you know, the mid-afternoon, I used to go to this yoga studio and it just taught me how to um, de-stress, how to breathe, how to kind of do something different and just learn some techniques to relax. And so this was um, the beginning of my personal inquiry into, into the practices of yoga. and it kind of has progressed from there. So a need for me has then continued into that learning and that self-inquiry. And so now I'm really honoured to be sharing as much as I can with others. Okay. And so you run classes now and it pretty much, it's a full-time job for you, isn't it? Well, pretty much, you know, in a laid back kind of way. <laughs> Um, so now I'm the owner of Karinga Yoga and um, this business was established by my yoga teacher, Margaret North, and she stepped away from the business, the running of the day-to-day, and I took it up. And so, yeah, this is what I do in my, in my life every day. I practice for myself personally and I teach about seven classes a week. And there are more classes in our business, but um, I've got wonderful people around me who teach alongside me. Yeah. And so that, yeah, that, that helps you as well maintain your own balance. Well, that's right. I mean, this is the thing. This is the, the hardship of life. 
Absolutely. So in each class as a warm-up or at the end of the class as well, you incorporate relaxation? Yes. So every yoga class starts with um, some mindful, breath-aware, body scanning, and I would facilitate everybody kind of getting into the present moment. And, And this is always the beginning of the class, and then we move through from there to different movements and asanas and stretches and positions. So the the body of the practice is physical practice. And then towards the end of the the class for the last 15 minutes, we um, take a passive position, usually lying down. And this is a longer guided um, relaxation. Okay. So for for um, our listeners, would you be able to explain what, what is guided relaxation and why, you know, why do so many people dismiss it or, you know, struggle to engage in it? I guess I'm really interested to know even how to incorporate into my practice as a psychologist, because often when I talk to people about, you know, what do you do for relaxation? They'll say, oh, you know, I sleep or, you know, so how would you, how would you define it and differentiate it? All right. So to be clear, there's quite a number of different types or, or techniques for guided relaxation but the the one that is available to most people everybody in fact and easy to learn is to simply without sleeping lie down in a posture known as shavasana just kind of lying down it could be on your bed could be on a yoga mat on the floor and you get really nice and comfortable so that your body is not a distraction and then you focus on your breathing and if you are you could be listening to an audio you could be um you ha- might have a, an app and you've downloaded somebody dialoguing um and taking you through a very structured body scan so becoming aware of the body lying on the floor being um aware of different parts of the body and moving around the body and this takes you out of your head and then alongside of the the guided, structured body scanning, continually going back to I'm breathing, I can feel the breath, noticing the breath. And the breath, in fact, then becomes the anchor, the anchor to the practice. And so when you start to think about other things that's go- that are going on in your life, you think, uh-uh, no, I come back to my breath. And this is why somebody delivering a relaxation to you is going to be a lot easier because it's being facilitated. It's often quite challenging to people to say, okay, I'm going to lie here now and I'm going to focus on my body and I'm going to let go of the thoughts as they come. I'm going to focus on my breath because the phone rings or, you know, there's other distractions where if you've got somebody helping you to do this, whether it's a a live person in in a class you know, one-to-one or within a group, or if it's an app on your phone. This is always going to be a a little easier, I believe. Yeah, I can see that. And and perhaps having someone else help you as well can help with your mind as well if it wanders or if you, you know. Exactly right. So the verbal cues that, that the facilitator can provide are those things like, so what are you thinking about now? Is it, are these thoughts useful thoughts? Can you let go of these thoughts? Can you move back to the awareness of your body lying in stillness? Can you come back to the awareness 
of your soft and peaceful breath. So those types of verbal cues given just give you that reminder. It helps. Yeah. Mm. And so why do you think so many people struggle with it? Is that because their mind is just overactive? Well, you know, you think about where we come from in like people working in their jobs. We are always encouraged to be striving, to be productive, you know, meeting the deadlines. Every, everything is go, go, go. So society, you know, doesn't want people to, to be unproductive. We need to be on the go all the time. And it's, it's getting even um, more challenging to people to give themselves permission to stop. So I think in our culture where we, we are encouraged to just keep doing more, so when we say, okay, I need to take 10 minutes to stop, then we perhaps start to feel a bit guilty. Not me. I have got over that. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? We're not encouraged from a young age. You know, when you're a kid, you're lying on the floor for afternoon naps. You know, when you're a child, you're encouraging your children to, to have that little bit of time out. Well, why can't we continue that? Why is it because you, you grow up and you get a, get a job um, and you, you're supposed to all of a sudden forget those, those skills of, you know, stepping back? So we've, we've got to retrain ourselves and, and know that it's not a waste of time and the, the 10 minutes or the 15 minutes you step away and relax and mindfully just focus on being still, this is great great work you do for your own your own health and probably flows onto the business sector anyway mm. and that's why i know in your classes when you know people as soon as they come to a class they just get into that relaxation state without you even saying anything they do it, it's incredible I, I they walk in they spread their mats they lay down sometimes people might want to chat but there are you know often it's just straight in they know it's kind of like they get into this little um, space and it becomes the catalyst for them to take their practice. So it's, it's forming habits. Yeah, absolutely. So now I know that your studio attracts people of all ages, but I'm particularly interested to know if you have people who come to your class who are aged, you know, over 65. Oh, yes, definitely. And I know that your yoga teacher still does a lot of yoga and, and I know that she's over 65. Are there mobility issues that you need to accommodate? Well, Julie, what I've found is our regular students who have aged whilst they have been practising yoga have not got many mobility issues because they have been practising for a long time. However, we are always getting new people um, who are new to the practice and mobility can be a problem if you find it a struggle to get down to the floor, getting up and down. And what we do is manage to modify most things by using chairs. And if people cannot get to the floor, the chair is a, a very useful prop and everything can be done from the chair, including uh, a propped um, seated position for when you move into some relaxation. So um, I'm working with a lady at the moment who has in the past managed to get up and down the floor, but she had an injury for her with, with knees. So 
So we've been doing everything on the chair and, you know, it's, it, it's working really, really well. So, look, I know people get a little bit fearful about moving into, um, you know, a, a practice that means they've got to get to the floor, but it shouldn't be a barrier because we can always use those chairs. They work very, very, very well. And that's amazing that you actually have someone and that has not been a barrier for her at all in terms of getting to class. Yeah. Not at all. And I think when you're new to something and perhaps I might be a new teacher to them, there's an element of fear, clearly. Like, and they don't know me. And, you know, so they tend to lose a bit of control as like, you know, does that person know what they're doing? Uh, can I trust that person? So, you know, winning trust and letting people know that you you do know how challenging it might be and we have an answer for it and we can we can try this out you know i think that that's so important because in in residential aged care a lot of exercises they do they're all seated and i think you know sometimes it's it's the fear of having a fall and most definitely and and it's mutual you know the older person might have it but also the staff you know oh, it's safer if they're seated so what, what we do um, is if there's things that are taken standing and the, the, the participant can stand, the chair is always there to hold on to. And immediately that becomes um, a, a barrier removed to that fear because if I start to feel a little bit wobbly on my feet, I know that I can hold on to the chair and then the seat of the chair is just there as well so you know it 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 can be a real um barrier and um just lift that that element of of fear most certainly but i find that um a lot of the elder students in our studio they are attracted to margaret's class who's 81 herself and um she she has such an awareness of what the elders are going through and she manages to really lift them and encourage them to try and to experiment and not be fearful. And when they see someone of her age with such um, lifted energy levels, you know, she's really an amazing example, um, they, they kind of think, well, this is a great role model. I can, I can at least give it a go. That is great. That's really good. And yeah, I didn't realize um, her age because she looks so good. And oh, oh I know. <laughs> I think yoga has paid off for her in the long run. Yeah, that's amazing. We all want what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> so can we just take a step back? Because um, I understand now a bit more about guided relaxation and, and, and why it's so important, you know, with us rushing in our busy lives. But can you please also explain to our listeners what is what is a mindful breath and what is an easy way to explain that to, to someone and, and the importance of incorporating it into our lives? Okay, so mindfulness generally, it is a, another buzzword and um, it's become very, very popular. So mindfulness is about taking on a focus and paying attention to one thing or one task. So it could be mindful movement or it could be mindful colouring in. It could even be mindful cooking or how wonderful we could even have mindful eating. So it's focusing your attention on one task and this is where the mindful breath is a fantastic tool. So what 
that actually looks like is it could be you're seated in a chair or laying down on your bed and you are counting the breath in, noticing the temperature in the nose as you breathe in. And so that usually when you breathe in, the temperature in the nose is cool. And then when you breathe out, the temperature is warmer and more humidified. So you don't notice it as much. So you could be counting the breath in, you could be counting the breath out, or you could be just noticing the, the, the actual texture of the breath coming and going. It could be that you are breathing in for your natural breath and then starting to expand and, and, and stretch that out. So challenging yourself by starting to, if you say you count in for six and breathe out for six, you might, with a mindful breathing practice, start to increase your capacity to breathe in a little longer, say, for seven and breathing out for seven. So I'm not sure if that's helping you understand that, that, that mindful focus of breath. It's simply I'm breathing and I'm paying attention to it because in our day-to-day -day, we're, we're doing our thing and we're just breathing automatically. We don't pay any attention to it unless we're running up a hill, for example, and we're a little bit puffed out. But in the day-to-day, -day, as I'm talking to you now, I'm not thinking about my breath because it's just happening so when, when we use the breathing as a tool to stop, then it becomes mindful. So we, we're actually noticing it. And when we begin to tap into that mindful breath, we, it, the breath will actually find a really nice, soft, natural rhythm. And this is when that relaxation response kicks in and we, we move away from that, that, um, that kind of I'm in my head, you know, that relaxation response of, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling calm and I'm relaxed. I think that yoga is a wonderful way to actually, you know, incorporate that and to practice that because I've found myself even, you know, when I run workshops and when I present in conferences and when I discuss non-drug approaches to anxiety, to depression, to different things, it's, I personally, I find it quite difficult to, to explain something whilst I'm presenting it because you focused on the content that you're presenting. And I had a group of uh, senior citizens, I think it was on the Central Coast, and, you know, they said, you know, you, you, you've said what, you know, what we need to do, what relaxation is, but how do we actually do it? And I, I stopped halfway through presentation and I, you know, did a relaxation exercise with them, but it's actually quite hard to explain the principles behind it at the same time as actually doing the exercise. Yes, it yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and I guess it's um, when people have never had that experience of, you know, stopping and watching their breath or, you know, taking any practice in that mindful way, it, it is like speaking a foreign language. And it's, I, I guess, sometimes when, when people don't understand what, you know, or what to do or how to do it, it, it can be a challenge. It's just a matter of practice. People have to just do it, you know, and um, this is where some of the tools around that, that we, we're so really lucky these days that there are lots of supporting organisations and um, lots to read and lots to download, um, different podcasts and, and, and certainly different apps. All of these are fantastic. They really are. There's, there's so much out there. 
Um, and I would encourage um, people to, to seek out anything that they can to support that anything they do at home and, you know, in addition to what they may do in a class or in, in a, a, a workshop or a practice that's run um, in real time, you know. Mm, that would be that would be very important and very useful. And I know that for older people um, in, in nursing homes, it, it is such an issue because I don't know if you know, but mental health, prevalence of mental health conditions is so high in those environments. And we're trying to shift the focus from drugs to other strategies. And you know, I'm, I'm teaching staff, you know, you need to incorporate even asking people to take some deep breaths and, and, and to really meet their needs. And I think that with some mindful breath, it would be such an easy way to incorporate into service delivery. Most definitely. Um, look, it, it, um, I have a, a couple of um, students in my class who have come to, to yoga purely for anxiety and depression. And um, one particular student comes um, unlimited. She's there so frequently, more than, you know, four or five times a week she's in class. And she has personally mentioned to me that the practices of yoga, the mindfulness, the, the whole practice, the physical, the, the, the mental um, and the emotional, the whole practice of yoga has been uh, a turning point for her. And she said she can't live without <laughs> She said she cannot live without it. And she's now able to practice at home as well. So, I mean, I, I was blown away when she, you know, came and gave me that feedback. That is really, really useful. So what tips do you have for listeners who might be looking at incorporating relaxation in, in residential settings? Would they need to attend some training? Do you offer some training? Do they need to come to your sessions? Or what would be the way that they could incorporate more relaxation? Are you thinking about um, staff learning in, um, in the aged care sector? I'm open to your suggestions of how you think we could include more relaxation in in aged care facilities. So perhaps your suggestion could be for staff to learn, or it could be for families to come to your sessions and maybe families can teach their ageing relatives. If you have staff that, um, if there's a budget, which I'm sure there's probably not, um, if there's a budget for people to be trained or at least one person to to get some a little bit of additional training there's lots of um, opportunities for training but if that's not an option the best advice I would give is I mean I can um, certainly give you a couple of suggestions for some for some apps that can help the best thing to do is um, if you're trying to train others is to ensure that you have your own practice, um, up and running. So as in try and be doing your own personal practice of mindful relaxation. So start to experience it for yourself before delivering it to someone else so that you know how challenging it can be to stop and reflect for 10 minutes. The other advice I would give is to start with a shorter amount of time. So don't expect somebody to um, enjoy a 20-minute or 15-minute guided relaxation, uh, start in slow chunks. So 
you know, start with five minutes. And dur- during that five minutes, the facilitator might be making sure that the people are, are, are seated or lying down and they're comfortable and you know, there's nothing in the body position that's going to distract. And then encourage the natural breath. I'm breathing now, taking breaths in, breaths out. Let's count the breath in. Rotate the awareness around the physical body. So we call that a body scan. And you can, uh, if you've got any people that you work with who are possibly going to be doing this type of delivery, they can create some fantastic visualizations. So perhaps in the aged care sector, some lovely visualizations of, you know, natural settings, you know, you're walking along the beach, you know, the ones I'm talking about. You know, all of those things, it could be specific to the aged care sector, like, you know, because it's not my sphere, you know, do aged care patients like to kind of take a visualisation of themselves when they were young playing at the beach? You, you, know, you know, so those types of visualisations can be really um, useful because it allows the mind to be taken away from thinking about the pain that they're experiencing or any discomfort in their life generally as, you know, in, in the aged care sector. Music is really important as well. So we've got the breath, we've got body scanning, we've got guided visualisation, dialogues and some gentle music. Um, and, you know, I use all of those things in, in a practice that I do uh, which is called Yoga Nidra and it's a very, very structured guided practice. It's about I run it for about 30 minutes and we go through all of these um, that I've just, I've just mentioned and by the time we get to the, the little bit of gentle music, you can just turn the volume down. There's, there's not a sound, there's not a movement of anybody fidgeting or twitching. But I have to say this is something that you need to work towards. So start simple, start with nothing too long and then build. It's like anything to practice. The, the, the more you do, the more skilled you become, but you want to take it, you know, slowly. I wonder if that might help. That, that definitely helps. And I actually think it's a, it's, it is an advantage that you're, you're not working in aged care because you can give other insights and inspirations because sometimes people, if they've worked in the sector for too long, they, they run, out, run out of fresh ideas. And so it's actually really useful to, to get your insight about this because you've, you've been running this for so long and, it's, you know, and you've seen a lot of people across the life spectrum. So it's good to know what things can, yeah. And it's also interesting to um, uh, what also I think is really important is, and I, and I say this to even my very practised students, who are experienced, don't have an, an expectation. So don't set yourself up that, you know, today I must, you know, I must achieve. Um, come into the practice and just remind yourself that what will be will be. Sometimes sometimes you, you take a, a, a relaxation or some kind of meditation technique and it, nothing works and then you, th- you think, okay, accept that. And as soon as you accept that your your mind is busy and perhaps it's not working as to the to the way you might like it, often that pressure drops away. Okay, I, today's I, today my mind is really active. I'm struggling today. Maybe you stop and start again in 
two hours, you know, so don't have an expectation. What comes, comes. If it doesn't work, accept that and move on. Remove the pressure. Yeah, I think that pressure, that's, that's yeah, that's a big component because sometimes people seem to want things to be perfect straight away and I think it just takes time. Yep, it really is. It, it's, it's like, look, let's face it, we've got enough pressure in our life as it is. Let's not start adding another layer of, oh, I'm supposed to be relaxed now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, this is the time I'm supposed to relax. <laughs> How, however, I always find that the more you do, the, as, soon as, I, as soon as I get onto my yoga mat, like the students who come into my classes, as soon as they get there, they, it's like a trigger. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm here now. Oh, lovely. And it works. <laughs> that is so good. Thank you so much, Liz, for sharing your insight and your experiences. And what I'll do, I'll post the link to your website uh, for our listeners to have a look. And if you have those apps that you suggest as well that they should tune into, um, perhaps I could also add them as well. Yes, um, I will do that for sure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Julie. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Be sure to become a subscriber on your podcast app of choice so that you don't miss out when I release the next episode. I'd love to know what you're thinking of this podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. So please leave a rating and review too. Over on my website, wisecare.com.au, with one click, you can grab a copy of my three top downloaded resources on mental health and well-being in older age. Let's face it, this can be a complex topic and I want to give you practical strategies to deal with it. Go to wisecare.com.au for your free copy of these three amazing resources. See you in the next episode.